My beloved in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Glory to Jesus Christ. Maybe you've noticed when you came in, there was little envelopes spread around the the pews, uh, the benches of the church, and out on the ledge. Uh, This Sunday is the official collection, the special collection for the medical insurance for the clergy. There was, I know, an envelope in your box, I think it was for last Sunday, and so you've contributed. Thank you very much, and this is for those who have not had an opportunity and would like to. I am a direct recipient of your generosity. Uh, it's, it's, as I say every year, I'm thankful that I can go to the doctor, and, and uh, so thank you very much. I live off of your generosity. If you don't give, I, there's nothing. I don't get a check from Rome or anything like that, neither does the church. You are the church, and you're the ones that um, uh, support uh, the ministry. So thank you, thank you very much. I'm changing it a little bit of what I said last night, based on a conversation I recently had. And I want to start off by saying this: I preach the gospel. I don't preach social issues. I don't preach political ideologies. I preach the gospel. I don't preach prosperity gospel. I don't preach church politics or intrigue. I preach the gospel. Christ's death, resurrection, ascension, and second coming. I preach the gospel. My concern is for the salvation of your souls. And from that response, you go out into the world and make a change by your Christian life. There's a lot, been a lot of intrigue growing on. A lot of finger pointing. People saying this, people saying that, bishops pointing in this direction, bishops saying that the truth is in this direction, the priests saying one thing, priests saying another, the faithful are doing this, the faithful are saying that. An absolute mess. I'm not talking about currently in current times. I'm talking how it was in the 8th century for the church. It had erupted into a great debate of where the, what the truth was. This Sunday we celebrate the feast of the, of the Seventh Ecumenical Council, and it's the defeat against the heresy of the iconoclasts, the icon breakers. But at the very core of the debate was the debate about Jesus' humanity. If Jesus wasn't real, if he couldn't be touched, then he couldn't be depicted in icons. And the iconoclasts were saying, you can't touch him. So they're following the notion, the heresy, that Jesus was just in the form of man, but not real man. And if that were true, then you and I are not saved, because if Christ did not take on the flesh, we cannot be saved. Jesus, the Word of God, had to be true man and true God. The bishops raged, well, I shouldn't say rage, there was debate. 300 of them finally got together, and through prayer and discussion, through looking back at where we came from, who Jesus is, 
what the apostolic writings wrote, what the Nicene, Precene, Nicene, and Post-Nicene fathers wrote, they came to the truth. That Jesus was true God and true man. And if he was true man, he could be touched, he could be seen, therefore he could be described, he could be written. The truth was always there, but it would take time and the bishops to get together to see it, to find it. And that truth had to be, had to be in harmony and in keeping with what had been taught from the very beginning. No new revelation can come out. There has been the fullness of the revelation, and that is Jesus Christ. From that point on... <clears throat> It's just coming to a better understanding of who He is to help us live our life out more fully. Going through church struggles as we find ourselves in is nothing new. It just keeps recycling every few hundred years. Sometimes greater, sometimes lesser. But all the councils, the seven ecumenical councils, they all started with great Difficulties, great challenges that arose in the church. But through that, the truth of Jesus would shine through. Today is no different. We know where the truth is. We know where the fullness of the faith is. When you build a ship, the first thing you do is build the keel. Because upon the keel, everything else rests. And they will ask the one who buys the ship or the one who's going to sail it, is the keel true? In other words, is she straight? Is she sturdy? Is she strong? This is the nave. This is where the body of Christ gathers. That means boat. And the keel of the boat is founded on the teachings of Christ. It's founded on the creed, the Nicene-Constantinopolitan creed. The keel is built upon the sacramental life of Christ, on the Eucharist. Where is the truth? It is right here. When we pray the divine liturgy, we are praying in communion with the apostolic succession that goes all the way back. Our prayers are in harmony with the keeping of the church from the beginning of, of the apostles when he handed it on to them and ascended. The prayers we should be praying at home should be likewise in apostolic continuity. We should be reading the gospel, which is the word of Christ, inspired by the Holy Spirit. That's part of that keel. In turbulent times, when St. When Paul was out and the was, ship was being tossed, he told everyone, stay in the boat or you're going to get in trouble and you're going to perish. And the same is true today. We stay in the boat. We stay where the truth is. And we stay at peace. 
We don't respond with violence. We don't respond with anger. We don't respond with judgmentalism. Peter raised his sword to strike off the ear of the servant in Gethsemane. And Jesus said, he who fights by the sword dies by the sword. Jesus showed the way. It was through humility and prayerfulness that we changed the world. The primitive church, that's how they lived their life. They didn't all get together and raise arms when something happened. They endured what was happening until the truth was made known by God in, those, in the case of our council today through the bishops. And we are to stay true to the teachings of the church ourselves. And we are to go out and live our lives with such boldness, with such conviction. And we must not underestimate the power of our prayer. Prayer does move hearts. But our prayer, if we're filled with anger, if we're filled with lack of forgiveness, is not going to be very efficacious. Because the Holy Spirit can't work in a heart like that. It has to be a heart filled with the peace of Christ. A heart filled with the confidence of who Jesus is. And then our prayers can change the world. So when we pray, we pray with purpose. Otherwise, it's just filling up words. We're just saying words. Jesus is true God and true man. And He came for our salvation. And He told us from the very start, in the beginning, you're going to have trouble. But take courage, for I have conquered the world. Those are His words. So let us live our life in peace. Let us live our life with absolute conviction of who Jesus is and how it matters in our life. And with that confidence, we can go out into the world with joy and we can make changes. With the confidence of God in our hearts, some might find themselves inspired to enter into political arenas to bring the Christian atmosphere back into it. Others will be inspired to feed the hungry, but it has to start with a heart that's filled with the light and love of Christ. If it is to be truly efficacious and life-changing. Where is the truth? The truth is in the church. Everything we sing is from the creed. It all stems from that. And that came from the fathers of the church who were defending the faith in times of great tribulation when they were trying to find the truth. And the truth will always win. Always. They tried to kill truth, didn't they? They nailed truth to the cross, didn't they? But much to their surprise, truth rose. And truth ascends. And truth is present among us again. 
My brothers and sisters, stay in the boat. Don't be rattled. Find your peace in Christ. Live your life in joy. Trusting in who God is. Really believe it. And you won't be filled with anxiety. You won't be worried about, oh my gosh, where am I going to go? What am I going to do? No, you will know. I'm going to get up in the morning. I'm going to say my prayers. I want a deeper relationship with my God because through that relationship, I see the truth out in the world. And I can navigate it. I come to the services. I receive the sacraments. I receive the divine life. I become more and more like Christ. And I may not have an effect on the church in this place or that place, but I'll certainly have it in my little world. Maybe it's just in my little household with my little children. But that's the world. And that's where God has planted you. As I remember telling you when I first came here, was first appointed pastor, what Bishop Gerald told me, bloom where you're planted. Bloom where you're planted. You have everything you need. You have the truth. Live it. Live it with confidence and with joy. And you'll change the world. You'll change and bring about the salvation of others, not just your own salvation. But if you let your heart get wound up, and your mind starts to get darkened because of anger or whatever it is, then your salvation starts to become in peril because you're not cooperating with the Holy Spirit. You're not cooperating with God. You're allowing your own feelings that you can control something get the best of you. Do what we can and give the rest to God. I go to sleep every night very well. Oh, I worry for you because, you know, you're sick. I'm, you know, pray all night long I'm praying for you. But I'm not worried about the church. She's going to come through. We may be small, but we're still going to be here. We just cling to the truth. And God will bring us to himself and salvation will be ours. I preach the gospel. I preach the fact that Christ died for you. That Christ suffered for you. And he rose for each of you. So that you could have life in him. But that life starts now. As I said last Sunday, we don't wait till the very end. It's already starting now. Don't miss out on the life that he has for you here and now. Don't miss out. Fill yourself with the light of Christ and spread the joy and love of God to others. And we will make a difference. Blessed is our God always.